How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country on the planet, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Big day of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not testify before the House Oversight Committee yesterday. But no, check it out. Hunter Biden's business partner did. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. It is not looking good for your 46th president, Joe Biden. We're going to discuss it with Jim Jordan, a man who was there behind closed doors as Devin Archer sat down and gave written testimony declaring that Joe Biden spoke to Hunter Biden's business partners on the phone over 20 different times. Come on, man. I'll say And a New York congressman claims with a straight face, with a straight face, it had nothing to do with his business. They were just talking about the weather. You are so full of s***. That one was for you, Dan Goldman. 888-788-9910. If you want to be a part of today's big Tuesday episode of the show, a show that has one rule. You can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat, you can be a Libertarian, you can be an Independent. The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a there it is. Happy Tuesday. Uh, if you are watching Failavision, uh, I will be on Gutfeld tonight with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. Uh, 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time right here on the Fox News Channel. I'll find some fabulous fashion between now and then. Throw on my Spanx, and I'll see you on the telly. In the meantime, let's do a little bit of radio because the Devin Archer stuff is really fascinating. And it's a Rorschach test just the same. You know those images where they you know, kind of show you some scattered dots, and you got to tell them what you see? I see a deer. You know, the other guy, oh, it looks like an ice cream cone. You know, basically, the psychologists are profiling you based on what type of imagery you pull from what you've been shown. Well, the Hunter Biden testimony yesterday, as it pertains to Hunter Biden, Devin Archer sitting behind closed doors giving a written deposition, really is a Rorschach test for whether or not members of the media have any integrity whatsoever. He knows what he's talking about. And I say that because before we even get into the particulars of what this guy spoke to, you have to understand that anybody with a conscience, any objective observer, anybody with an ounce of impartiality, would have to at least be announcing from the hilltops that we were told a series of colossal lies when it, in regards to Hunter Biden, his business dealings, and what his dad didn't, didn't know. Correct the mundo. Okay, understand. Just really quickly. Lie number one. Lie number one. Okay, they told us in the run-up to the election, the laptop wasn't even real. 
wow, okay, turns out it was real. And we found out along the way that the people who told us it was fake had verified it as real all the way back in 2019. That's not right. No, it's not, but stick with me. Then we were told what? Well, Joe Biden didn't even talk to his son about his business. <laughs> okay, we found out that wasn't true. And we got evidence of Biden going to dinner at Cafe Milano, Biden playing golf with Devin Archer. Okay, but then we were told, all right, well, you know, he might have known about his son's business, uh, but he never spoke to his partners. Okay, all of this has been proven as a lie. Do you understand? The only truth left to accept, if you're a crazy person, is that Biden didn't make money off the deal. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, so understand, no matter what the testimony amounted to, and we'll go through it, If you have any integrity whatsoever as a journalist, as a reporter, as a broadcaster, we're acknowledging that this little foundation of lies that was built by the Biden family is completely crumbled beneath them. Okay, it's a bad situation. It's a bad look for the country, but it's just a bad look for the truth. And the whole point of working in media is, you know, we're supposed to be holding people in power accountable. Our job is not to shill for a preferred political party, because if that's all we ever do, we're ultimately going to wind up electing people who are compromised. And here's a news flash: If they're compromised, then so are we. You're absolutely right. Now, Joe Biden, who we were told had never once talked to his son about his businesses. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. If there's not a dad alive who doesn't talk to his son about what he does for a living. Okay, you talk to your son about what he learned at school today, how was practice, what are your friends up to, you know, every, you talk about everything, but certainly his business. Okay, have you ever in the history of your life been to a dinner with another couple and they were like, hey, what does your son do for a living? Yeah, it's so weird, you ask. We don't know. We've never, we've never talked to him about it. No, it's so weird. That's funny you ask that. We should ask that. Here he is in his 50s. We never once thought to ask. That we didn't know what kind of business the kid was in. Are you stupid or something? I mean, what self-respecting person holds on to that as an acceptable truth? Nobody. No, one single solitary human being believes there's a guy flying to China on Air Force Two with his kid and doesn't know why his kid is going to China. Dude, are you serious? If Lincoln says, hey, can I have 20 bucks? I'm going to the store. What's the first question you ask him? What are you getting at the store? It's the first question you ask him. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. But if you're you're telling me in a world where you ask your kid why he's got to go to the store, that you don't ask the kid why he's got to go to China? (laughs) Yo, that is clown stuff. Put on a pair of size 26 shoes, girlfriend. Big, squishy, red nose. You are a clown if you'll accept that. You're a clown if you'll even posit that to self-respecting people, of which there is a extreme paucity in this day and age. And I know paucity, a big word with a guy like me who went to community college and may or may not have even showed up to class. The important part is that I, st- I stayed on my parents' health insurance for two whole years. That's true. That is true. Okay, but stick with me here. Okay, the unraveling of the lies tells you everything you need to know. Yes, he's compromised. Yes, he made money off his kid. Okay, we may not be at the moment yet where we have a, you know, an actual picture of like, here's the money. Why? Because they structured the money. 
the way you would in any criminal entity. When you're investigating a RICO law, what's the first thing they do? You know the phrase, follow the money. Why do you follow the money? Because if the money is moving in a funny manner, it means the business it's coming from is a funny business. You are correct, sir. But when I say a funny business, I mean an illegal one. Bingo. Okay, Hunter Biden's start here is getting money, according to his business partner, Devin Archer, because of his dad. That is the testimony. Okay, Joe Biden is there to represent the brand. He testified behind closed doors that the reason Joe Biden was placed on speakerphone with Hunter Biden's business partners on 20 different occasions was to establish that he was aware of what his son was doing, to establish that he was involved, that he was connected to what they were asking of his son. You dig, Hunter Biden doesn't have a background in energy. So in what world would an energy company hire him? Okay, he's as valuable to them in the know-how department as the average Amish guy riding a horse and buggy across western Pennsylvania right now. They don't know anything about energy. Unless they're lying to us, like we go home with Dunchon and the Butter, and they're like, come on, guys, throw on the Zenith. I want to watch the game. They probably do. Good for them if that's the case. And relax. I can make fun of the Amish. They're not listening. But stick with me here, okay? Joe Biden representing the brand is how Hunter Biden got money. Nobody was sitting on the board of an energy company on the other side of the world going, you know, business is a little slow. What if we found a crackhead who had knocked up a stripper while he was having an affair with his brother's widow? And he had no background in energy whatsoever. Now, I'm telling you, that's the kind of thing that would juice business. I mean, that's what you got to do. Folks, you would never pitch that on Shark Tank. But why did they pitch it on this version of Ukrainian loan Shark Tank? Because they knew Hunter was a connection to Joe. And the fact that he was able to put Joe on the phone is the reason he was able to get paid. Okay, that's just reality. And any self-respecting person knows that. So if you're a member of the media right now, Okay, you are really, and this this is the stuff that bothers me, you're making the rest of us look bad. And I'm not an activist. I am every bit of, I'm just a, you know, like an overweight circus clown. I don't care. I'm going to go home and play video games. I'm going to be on TV tonight, have a silly outfit. It'll be funny. People will like it. It'll be great. And I'm going to go home and eat something and smoke a cigar in my backyard. It's going to be great. Okay, but I get mad on days like today because the truth, okay, the truth should always unite us, especially when the truth involves the future direction of the country we all happen to be sharing, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or anything in between. That's the whole point of the show, is I try to remind people, hey, dude, okay, you might not agree with my principles or I might not like yours, but at the end of the day, we're all teammates. We all get dressed in the same American locker room. You don't always feel like it, okay, but we are on the same team. And when push comes to shove, it is us against the world. That is so lost in our politics today because everybody just wants to win the next election. No, I want to win. I want to beat the Republicans. No, I want to own the libs. We're a bunch of fat screaming children, which is why we don't have a consensus yesterday on what should at very at the very least be obvious. The president lied his old droopy balls off. Yes, he did. What the hell did you just say? I said the truth. Okay, let me give you a little bit of what Devin Archer testified to, okay? He testified that the value of adding Hunter Biden to Burisma's board was the brand and confirmed that then-Vice President Joe Biden was the brand. Archer admitted that Burisma would have gone out of business if the brand had not been attached to it, meaning they only got money because people sending it knew they were connected to the Bidens. Let's give you a little more. 
He believed that Hunter being on the board of the Biden brand contributed to Burisma's longevity. People would have been intimidated to mess with Burisma legally because of the Biden brand. In December of 2015, Mikola Zlachevsky, the owner of Burisma, and Vadim Pasharsky, I'm good with the ethnic names, used to drive a cab, an executive of Burisma, placed constant pressure on Hunter Biden to get help from D.C. regarding Ukrainian prosecutor Viktor Shokin. Shokin, if you remember, was investigating Burisma for corruption. Hunter Biden, along with Zlachevsky and Pajarsky, called D.C. to discuss the matter. Biden, Zlachevsky, and Pajarsky stepped away to make that call, raising concerns that Hunter Biden was in violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act. Now, do you think that call had any impact towards how Joe Biden treated the Ukrainians? Now, before you make up your mind, I just want you to consider this before we come to some type of verdict. I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. (laughs) Got fired. Huh. You don't say. Unbelievable. Because what are you hearing there? But Joe Biden doing exactly what Trump was impeached for. Hey, this guy's leaning on a government official. He's threatening to withhold foreign aid. He doesn't get what he wants. It's a quid pro quo. It's exactly what they impeached Trump for, a classic exercise in projection. Okay, Devin Archer testified that Hunter Biden put then-Vice President Joe Biden on the speakerphone during business meetings over 20 different times. I don't remember that ever happening. Think about that. 20 different times. They threw him on a business call. Archer testified Joe Biden was put on the phone to sell the brand. These phone calls included a dinner in Paris with a French energy company and in China with Jonathan Lee, the CEO of BHR. Archer acknowledged that then-Vice President Biden had coffee with Jonathan Lee, the CEO of BHR in Beijing. Then-Vice President Biden even wrote a letter of recommendation for Lee's daughter. Archer confirmed Joe Biden was referred to as my guy, my guy, by Hunter Biden. Are you the big man, Joe? Tony Bobulinski, the other business partner, has already famously testified as saying that he was. So you understand, we can argue over whether he showed up and presented a direct video of Biden being handled a briefcase of cash. Okay, that's not the concern here. Okay, it's not how the money got to him. It clearly did because his business partners are flat out telling you what you yourself as an objective observer would have to know to be true. There's no market for Hunter Biden making money overseas unless those overseas entities are trying to make money off our government. So you understand, like in a moment like today, we could talk about if he's going to get impeached, what the political calculus is between here and the midterms. You know, you could talk about if this is going to chase him off the ticket. But the big discussion should be we were all lied to. You were disrespected if you were a liberal. This isn't a Republican problem. This is an American problem. I don't do a Republican talk show. I do an American talk show. As it goes, we go. Okay, that's the point. And in this instance, the point was they gave us a big middle finger, lied to our face, interfered with the election. And they were like, what are you going to do about it? And you know what we did? Nothing, because it was more important to beat up each other than it was to get to the truth. I tell you this all the time. We do politics wrong in this country 
because if we're just children fighting for control of the toy, it's only a matter of time before the toy is completely broken. Yesterday was one of those days where we realized somebody's been pulling way too hard, way too hard. Okay, and if we don't collectively push back on that, if the media as a whole doesn't blow back on that, okay, yes, they have no respect. But bigger than that is we'd wind up without having a country. And the people in the New York Times, what did they write yesterday? With a straight face. Okay, Guy Benson, who comes on after me, had a great tweet yesterday. So just check out this first sentence from the New York Times. The New York Times literally wrote, literally wrote, Devin Archer testified to what's been long been known. That Joe Biden spoke to Hunter's business partners. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Dude, the whole hook of banning the Hunter Biden laptop was the idea that he even had a business was Russian disinformation. Okay, we found out that was a lie. Then we found out he made money. Then we found out he met the business partners. Then he found out he talked to them on speakerphone. Yet they still got out there yesterday and told us with a straight face, what's the big idea? Embarrassing. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. The show that's crashing the establishment party. I don't recall seeing your name on the guest list. Nothing to be embarrassed about. I sometimes go by my maiden name. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I told you Biden looks like they, at the very least, have compromised his integrity. Here's Andy Biggs saying as much. Representative, uh, clip one. Keeping the President of the United States is compromised based on Archer's testimony? I think so. I think so. Devin Archer himself said that was an implication of, of who the big guy is. I mean, and, and, and Archer talked about the big guy and... and how Hunter Biden always said, we need to talk to my guy. We need to see when my guy is going to be here and those types of things. Joe Biden deserves to be driven from office and disgraced. Joe Biden's a dirtbag. Uh, Hunter Biden's a dirtbag. And everybody in the media who shilled for them is a dirtbag. I don't care if you're a Democrat. You're not my enemy. That's not how the show works. But do you understand, like, this is the country, man. Okay, we actually devoted probably, I don't know, the last year and a half of our lives, to, we were told protecting democracy. We're to war in Ukraine to protect democracy. 
They don't have elections, but we're protecting democracy. That's what we're told. <laughs> we got to protect democracy. Is there an election coming up? Well, no, but we got to protect it. We got to get in there. And that's fine. I'm not even questioning the war in Ukraine because Putin is a dirtbag. So stick with me. All the talk about election interference, protecting elections, the people engaging it are the one interfering the most. Okay, that's what we've learned. In 2020, you were denied access to the Hunter Biden laptop story because we were told it was Russian disinformation. You say, I can't share it. It's bad. I'm not allowed to talk about it. They literally controlled our speech rights. But you understand when they control the speech, they control the people. We say this all the time. They got their desired outcome in the election by lying to us. That's what they did. And that's why we are where we are. This is total crap. I couldn't have said it better myself. We're going to discuss it with Jim Jordan. Emily Campagno is coming by. And we will, of course, talk with Brian Bremberg as well on a big Tuesday episode of Fox Across America. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. The show that connects you to people in high places. It's like the most important man in the world standing here, and you got a conversation going with each other. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America back in action. They're playing white lines. Is that a reference to the White House cocaine scandal? I don't know. They still tell us to this day they don't know whose it was. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. I'll give you some of the best white noise you're ever going to hear. You were trying to fall asleep tonight. You turned on one of those machines and you were just like, play me nonsense. Just play me object nonsense and I'll zone out, have a weird dream. There's a turtle riding a skateboard. Somehow my third grade teacher's there making waffles. <laughs> like, you know, you know that beautiful moment when you're leaving reality behind to enter some type of a dream sequence. Uh, the media caught New York Representative Dan Goldman in one of those moments yesterday on Capitol Hill. He responded to Devin Archer's testimony by saying with a straight face, Joe Biden getting on the phone. <laughs> Hold on. Woo. It's going to take me a minute. This is hard to say with a straight face. And I want I want this man. This man deserves your respect. Okay, I don't mean your respect like this is a good man. This is a proud man. Dan Goldman's a clown. He worked on the Trump impeachment in Ukraine. He helped lead the Democratic effort to to impeach Donald Trump over wrongdoing in Ukraine. You ever wonder why he was doing that? Because he's trying to protect his own guy. Here he is telling you that Joe Biden getting on the phone with Hunter Biden's business partners is essentially coincidental. Okay. Purely casual conversations and exchange of pleasantries like you do, because understand when you don't talk to your son about his business, you have no idea what his business you know, happens to be. You wouldn't even know who his business partners are. OK, naturally, from time to time, you get on the phone with him 20 times just to make small talk. That is balderdash and hogwash. And mm -hmm. but he pulls it together long enough to say this. And it's I mean, you have to hear this. This is is actually impressive. Here it is. Clip seven. It was clear that it was part of the daily conversations that Hunter Biden had with his father. Um, and it was 
and and sounds as like most of the time uh, now President Biden didn't even know who the people he was at dinner. He was just asked to say hello. The witness was very, very consistent that none of those conversations ever had to do with any business dealings or transactions. They were purely what he called casual conversations. Don't you have any respect for yourself? No, because he's straight lying to you. Okay, when he says, this is the pull quote, okay, the witness was very, very consistent that none of those conversations had anything to do with business. Okay, yo, honestly, Rep Goldman. You were lying your ass off. Okay, what the witness testified to, okay, straight up. Okay, was that Biden spoke on the phone with him more than 20 times because he was the brand. Okay, he admitted that Burisma would have gone out of business if the brand had not been attached to it. He believed that Hunter being on the board and the Biden brand contributed to Burisma's longevity and speaks to 20 different occasions where he got on the phone. He also testified that Biden was put on the phone to sell the brand. So he wasn't getting on to talk about the weather or exchange pleasantries. Hello. Seriously, dude? It's disrespectful to people. Okay, it's disrespectful to people to talk to them that way. And do you understand how petty and childish it is for the people who cling to this now? Oh, that's the narrative? All right, yeah, we'll go with it. Just tell, tell us how to feel. Why should we hate the other side today? All right, you just let me know. I don't want to do a lot of thought here. I'm trying to get some steps in on the Fitbit. I was just checking out this Instagram fitness model. I just tell me how to just tell me how to think. Oh, it's it's okay, I get it. So they were talking about climate or something. All right, yeah, we'll go with that. You Republican idiots! They were just talking about climate. It was just an exchange of pleasantries, you moron. That's what we do now as a people. Okay, Devin Archer acknowledged that Biden not only didn't just exchange pleasantries, but he met with these people. He had coffee with these people, okay? Met him at Cafe Milano, met him in Paris with a French energy company, and in China with Jonathan Lee, the CEO of BHR. Okay, do you understand? He didn't just get on speakerphone and exchange pleasantries. Okay, he didn't just, you know, casually make small talk because Hunter just happened to put him on the phone with 20 business partners. That was embarrassing. Okay, but come on, man. But let me give you more of this. Okay, because this is what his job is to go out there. Okay, this is how this stuff works. You know, somebody draws the small, the small, the short straw. Okay, we need somebody to go out there and take the hit on this one. Who wants to put their name behind the fact that there was nothing to see here? Goldman. Where's go- Goldman, get out here. We did 21st finger. You're it. All right, all right what do I got to do? Just get out there. Tell them it was big nothing. A nothing burger, if they say. Remember that phrase? It's a nothing burger. It's an impossible nothing burger because we got to control our emissions, even in speech. Okay, here is Goldman with a straight face. Okay, telling you that his takeaway was that Biden had nothing to do with Hunter's businesses. Clip nine. I think anyone who reads that transcript, and I was there, so I can tell you what happened, would come away from that believing that Joe Biden had nothing to do with Hunter Biden's business dealings, derived no benefit from it, received no money, and did not know about anything that Hunter Biden was doing, nor did he ever discuss it with Hunter Biden or the business associates. The fact that he spoke to business associates of Hunter Biden to say hello, to have small talk, casual conversation, is not evidence that Joe Biden or Hunter Biden did anything wrong. Garbage like you just makes me sick. <laughs> uh, 
No, dude, come on. What is wrong with you people? We all know. Who among us? Okay, some of you are probably going through this right now. You can barely hear the show because you're on speakerphone for the 20th time with your son's business partners in a business entity you don't even know anything about. It happens to me all the time. I was, on, I was almost late for the show today. I was like, you know, Lincoln started this new business. I don't know anything about it, but I called his partners 20 times. It's the worst. I'm like, come on, I got to make my show, guys. Can you talk a little bit less? We've all been there, right? This is the world we're now living in. It's performance art. Okay, classic gaslighting. But here is Goldman delivering the big closer. The big closure. You know how they say in comedy, you don't open with your closer. Whatever the crazy joke is, the profound joke, potentially offensive joke, the thing you stick at the end, you don't open with that because it sets an entirely different tone for the rest of your set. So, like, if you were to go see me in Vegas, August 25th, I'll be at the Green Valley Ranch. Hey, girl, big showroom. It's going to be hot. Uh, Kennedy will be in the house. But if you were to watch my act, I'm not going to open with what I consider my closer to be, what I think the thesis statement is, okay, because then it undermines everything that comes after it. It's the grand finale. I don't mean like pyrotechnics, we release doves and people weep, although it does happen when I leave the stage, a lot of underwear gets thrown. Usually male, usually male, but that's all right. You know, you passion, you just want passion out of your audience. But the fact remains, okay, the closer is the last thing you do, okay? Why is it last? That's the point you want them to walk away with. That's the thing you want them to take home. So Daniel Goldman does the clown act first, where he hits the reporters with a bucket of confetti. He never talked to his son about his business dealings. Then he does that. Well, he talked to his partners, but his business dealings never came up. That's the second clown act. The third one, of course, being, okay, my takeaway was he had nothing to do with his son's business. Because, again, when you have nothing to do with something, you naturally call into it 20 times. Of course, why wouldn't you? I mean, in fact, on the way here, there was a guy on 6th Avenue with a clipboard. And he's like, do you have uh, time to save the rainforest today? Have you signed a petition? I was like, no, I have nothing to do with that. So let me get to my office so I can call in 20 separate times just to make it clear to the rest of the world just how little I have to do with it. (laughs) Come on, man. I'm not talking to you as like a Republican activist, like Fox News guy wants to get you mad at the Democrats. That's not the hook of the show. Do you understand? You've got to get mad. That's not me. That's every show after me. Get you mad. Vote Republican. I don't care how you vote. The Republicans aren't doing us any good right now. Nobody's doing any good. They're terrible. They're supposed to work for us. None of them are doing their jobs. But you understand, here's the closer, Daniel Goldman. End this investigation now. This is the closer. This is the thing he worked up to. Okay? He never knew about the business. He wasn't involved. That's why he called in all the time. (laughs) And faced with this, you know, mounting evidence, we need to end this investigation now. Clip 10. The only official action Joe Biden took in connection with any of that was connected to any of Hunter Biden's businesses was to urge the prosecutor general to Mm. be fired from Ukraine. And Devin Archer, the witness today, said that Burisma, on whose board he sat with Hunter Biden, did not want that prosecutor general fired because he was, quote, under their control, unquote. So the only official action here that is at issue actually went counter to what Hunter Biden's business interests might be. And did this investigation, Anderson, needs to end and it needs to end now because what we're doing is badgering a private citizen and there's no legitimate legislative purpose at all. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. I mean, seriously, Goldman. Get out of here and take your mother with you. 
We need to end this investigation right now. Look, guys, it's obvious. The president told us Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. Yeah, that was false. Okay, but it's obvious. He told us he never spoke to Hunter's business partners. Okay, yeah, that was false. Okay, he told us he didn't know what kind of business his son was in. Just happened to get on the phone with him 20 times. That was false, too. Don't you get it? We need to end the investigation. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. But do you understand? This is performance art. He's literally making the case that there should be a full-throated investigation, like a bipartisan special prosecutor, someone with the latitude to look into this stuff, as opposed to trying to tie it to a a plea deal. Again, stick with me, dude. Hunter Biden was making a plea deal for tax evasion and a gun charge. But somehow it was going to give him immunity to other future crimes. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? They're obviously trying to cover their asses. Okay, why are they trying to cover their asses? Because of everything Daniel Goldman just spelled out in the name of actually making the investigation go away. Look, the only thing Devin Archer said was Biden called up a prosecutor and, you know, we got this guy under control, so you better do what we say. You know, the only thing Devin Archer said was that Biden exerted government influence on a foreign entity and threatened to withhold aid. You know, the thing we impeached Trump for, I led that impeachment. The only thing Devin Archer said was that Biden is guilty of doing exactly what I impeached the other guy for. (laughs) Clowns, man. Straight clowns. Let me give you a little more of it, because of course the media weighed in. Of course they did. The media is a bunch of losers. Listen to this, and they even quote Adam Schiff. On evidence, on this being a witch hunt. Yes, they brought on Adam Schiff to talk about evidence. Up next, they'll have OJ on to give marriage advice. Back after this on CNN. Here it is, clip 12. I think McCarthy may open an impeachment inquiry because he thinks it will let off the steam with the crazies in this conference. I think this is a a witch hunt. If Hunter Biden has broken the law, he should be held accountable for it. I don't think he's being treated any differently than anyone else who's been accused of the crimes that he's been accused of. They've come forward with not one shred of evidence um, tying President Biden to any of this. House Republicans are going to accuse him. They are. They're going to make the accusation. They're going to accuse him of all sorts of stuff. Whether they have the evidence or not. That was absolutely dreadful. Okay, but understand. Okay, Chris Coons is telling you the truth. They have not uncovered a shred of evidence. They actually haven't. No, they've uncovered a mountain, an actual mountain. Dude, wait, what? in what world is it not a shred of evidence that he went out to dinner with the guy's business partners on multiple occasions? In what world is it not a shred of evidence that he went golfing with the guy's business partners? In what world is it not a shred of evidence that he called into their business meetings 20 different times? Again, guys, and is there any world? Any world where I can say to Jenny, no, nah, I got nothing to do with flash dancers. I just showed up 20 times just so they knew I had nothing to do with it. No, no nothing to do with it. I mean, which Jenny drop this investigation right now. It is clear that I had nothing to do. Hold on. Cinnabons is calling me. Just give me a second, hon. OK, bat, anyway, where are you? I love you. I love you the best. OK, in what world is there no evidence? The answer is no world. OK, this is a scam. Where it goes from here, I don't know. My biggest gripe today is that as a country, we're not taking a collective look into this. 
CNN's running something about, you know, Trump or, you know, Trump's Trump's going to go to jail. He's really bad. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. And he may. Okay, but the truth is he's basically being charged for a lot of things Joe Biden did. Okay, is Donald Trump the only guy who mishandled classified information? The answer would be no. He was a president. Okay, he had a higher security clearance than Joe Biden, who as a senator left documents in his garage in a milk crate, in a milk crate by his Corvette for 10 years. There are white folks and then there are ignorant mother like you. Seriously, Joe. Okay, but was Joe Biden charged for that? The answer would be no. Nor was Joe Biden the only high-ranking government official who mishandled classified information. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. Yeah, her too. Was she charged for any of that stuff? The answer would be no. It's a two-tiered system of justice that we happen to be living under right now. And I'm not telling you that because I run the Donald Trump Radio Defense Fund. Okay, my party is America, and America is getting screwed. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. That's my name. Don't wear it out. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Just trying to get you an honest conversation. You can't just make up lies about people. No, you can't, Pee-wee. We are still mourning uh, for the rest of the week and maybe for eternity on this show. Uh, the loss of the late, great Paul Rubens, who left us yesterday at the age of 70. Uh, we talked to his co-star on Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Mark Holton, uh, who is my good buddy uh, and a Fox Across America fan favorite yesterday on the show. If you missed it, you can get the pod- podcast on the Fox Across America website, foxacrossamerica.com. You can also get it on foxnews.com because they ran a nice story about me and Holton. Uh, and, of course, uh, the great, the brilliant and benevolent Paul Rubens, who was just the best. I'm telling you, man, uh, if you haven't watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure or you haven't even just listened to the soundtrack, it's just madcap. It's crazy. It's silly. That's the point. It's the point of life. You're supposed to go out fun. Not supposed to be so mad. If you die tomorrow, you're not going to look around the room for something else to get offended by. You don't like that patch the nurses wear. No, shut up. Go have fun. It's the problem with society now. In the age of incentivized outrage, people are now being recalibrated to seek offense in places they would otherwise find joy. That's why I get on the radio every day and try to keep the mood light. Do you understand? The world is on fire. We're just over here roasting radio marshmallows. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Nancy Mace, one thing I do not dig. Okay, representative from the great state of South Carolina. We talked to you about her last week. Why? Because she was telling a story at Tim Scott's prayer breakfast about how her fiancé tried to hook up with her before she left for the prayer breakfast. I love it when you talk dirty. I guess, uh, but she had to give him the old shutout. But here is Mace uh, really quickly, okay, 
going to play this for you in the next hour, talking about the future of impeachment. And she basically said, well, we've got to see how it's going to affect the election because we got some people in swing districts. Yo, that's not the gig. The gig is not to worry about elections. The gig is to worry about the country, which is why we're not going to shut up anytime soon. Big hour. Emily Campagno, Jim Jordan, don't go anywhere. We're back after this, girlfriend, on Fox Across America. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Back in action. Big Tuesday episode of Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. We're going to bring back one of my pals. Emily Campagno, the human happy hour co-host of Outnumbered. She is getting off the couch. She's going to join us to talk about a subject near and dear to our hearts, which is the overall state of affairs here in New York City. Why are we talking New York? None of you care. You live in the better parts of the country where you don't have to walk down the stairs in the morning and see some pantless hobbit touching himself. Yeah. Welcome to my world. Everybody in New York makes fun of you guys, you know, the flyover states with your affordable houses. If you live in the middle of the country, you are a genius. And you know I feel that way. But the reason we're going to be talking about New York in this hour is because of the border problem, the southern border problem. That is not a problem for one state. It is a problem for all 50 states. Okay, and what we're finding here in New York City, a sanctuary city, if you will, is what we found in places like San Francisco. The folks who said no human being is illegal. Like, remember that big sign they have up in Martha's Vineyard? No human being is illegal. We should be building bridges, not walls. Everyone's welcome. If America had a theme song, it's Open Arms by Journey. We welcome you with open arms. And then 42 migrants showed up to Martha's Vineyard, and they were like, Get them out of here. Get them out. Hell no. We ain't got room for them. And that's where we are in New York now. We're being told... That the sanctuary city, okay, that was going to show those big bad Republicans wrong, we'll take in any illegal migrant we can. Well, now we're being told they have to leave. Democrats are so full of crap. But I'm not here. Okay, you understand. This is the hook. This matters. This is a thing. Political posturing is bad for the country. Okay, and I'll, I'll make a larger point here in a second. But what you have to understand is the problem right now at the border Okay, is why sanctuary cities are being forced to punt on migrants. One, yes, it was hypocritical to say we'll take in everybody knowing they couldn't do it. But two, this is an entirely avoidable problem. Okay, you're going to hear clips of Eric Adams demanding more resources. You'll hear Democratic mayors saying we need more resources. We need the feds to step in. No, no, no. We don't need the feds to step in in New York. We don't need the feds to step in in San Francisco. We need the feds to step in at our southern border. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. I'm telling you, okay, all of this is avoidable if you cut it off at the source. Now, I am not saying I don't want immigration here. What are you, crazy? This country's built on immigration. Okay, but you want legal immigration. Why do you want legal immigration? Because if you're a decent person, 
You want what's best for the country, but you obviously want what's best for the migrants, too. We've created a humanitarian crisis at the border by allowing six million people to come in here illegally because we are incentivizing them to take a perilous journey, something that involves them traveling with drug traffickers and coyotes, Okay, something that has led to a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths based on the drugs coming through our unsecured border. Okay, by keeping the border open, you incentivize people to take a trip in which bad things happen to them. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. So you understand if you close the border, which is something every single politician was in favor of. Don't you get that? Okay, under, under. Two previous administrations prior to Donald Trump running for president, the, de- the, the Democrats and Republicans with a bipartisan majority voted for border wall funding. They voted under George W. Bush and they voted in 2012 under Barack Obama. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. And why did they want a wall? Why did they want the Border Fence and Protection Act? Because you just have to control what's coming in and out of the country because it's no different than the front door of your house. You just want to know who's coming. You want to know who's going. It doesn't mean you're racist. It means you're not an idiot. Okay? You need to know. We're the only country on the planet that's not doing this. Go to Europe. They have borders. But you understand because of the political posturing, because of the calculus in the run-up to the 2016 election, everybody in Washington who had previously voted for border wall funding twice— lost their minds when Donald Trump said, build a wall. That's just how white folks will do you. But that's how they did the whole country, okay? After, after voting to fund border wall, okay, a border fences two different times, Trump was like, build a wall. And they were like, hell no! What kind of racist lunatic would build a wall? This is politics as usual. Of course. Okay, but you understand that political posturing on the wall led to political posturing on sanctuary cities. And why did Democratic mayors like, you know, at the time Bill de Blasio, but now ultimately Eric Adams, who fought this at the tail end of his administration, start making sweeping declarations that no person was illegal and we'll take everybody in. We'll take everybody in. They're not taking everybody in. Okay, but why did they make that statement? Because it was posturing. Because they knew with a president in office... They weren't going to have to take anybody in if they had a guy securing the border. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. That was the whole hook. Okay, you could say under Trump, now we'll take all the illegals. They overflow, we'll take them. It's easy to say because nobody was getting in. Okay, but now that posture becomes a little bit more challenging if you've got a guy in there that has left the border wide open as Joe Biden has you have no idea how to defend a nation but they're more concerned with the optics than the outcome so they've spent the better part of the last this administration telling us it wasn't a crisis at one point they had kamala harris go down to the northern triangle and release a study on the root causes of illegal immigration that she blamed on climate change kamala is a lying sociopath fact check now dude i'm telling you they're concerned. It's not the food insecurity. It's not the corrupt, corrupt governments. It's not the cartel violence. It's not even the fact that the American border is wide open. They're only coming because they're worried about what the weather's going to do in 30 or 40 years. I'm telling you, you get it. <laughs> Clown stuff. Okay, straight up. No, no, they're coming because of climate change. You know, they're worried about the weather. They see the, you know, the rising sea levels. They see all these selfish Democratic politicians who are so concerned with the rising sea levels, 
that they're building mansions on the ocean and places like Martha's Vineyard in Hawaii. People call the Obamas hypocrites. But you understand he's only building that mansion because he knows the sea levels are rising and he's going to take the hit for you. It's like Bruce Willis in Armageddon. He's flying right into the meteorite so it doesn't hit you. That's why Obama's building all of those beachfront mansions while telling you that the sea levels are rising. Tell them like it is. <laughs> Come on, man. Why does anyone listen to this? But this is what's become of our politics. Okay, what you say is more important than what you do. But when you prioritize words over deeds and you keep a blind eye to the deeds, like rising crime levels and, you know, illegal border crossings and stuff like that, you ultimately end up with a problem a lot closer to home than it ever should have been. And that's why you're hearing things like New York City Mayor Eric Adams be like, we ain't got no room. Okay, here's Kamala Harris. Let's start with her telling ABC leaders should participate in a solution for immigration. Oh, shut up, woman. And why do I say that? She has the title of border czar. Border czar. She's in charge of the border. That was the delegation. Okay, she hasn't gone to the border. She hasn't even gone to an on-the-border restaurant and gotten the two-for-one happy hour drinks. Not even made a run for the border at Taco Bell. Nothing. Nowhere near the border. And here she is telling you leaders need to get involved. Like, I'm telling you this because I care. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. This is clip 32. Let's agree that people should not be the pawns in a political game. Human beings should not be treated as pawns in a political game. What is happening in terms of sending these migrants, most of whom have fleed great harm, and sending them across the country for the sake of some political showmanship is just irresponsible. If you want to deal with the problem, then do it if you are a leader by participating in the solution. Dude, you are the border czar. For her to get up there with a straight face, if you want to deal with the problem, do it if you're a leader by participating in the solution. Is she participating in the solution? The answer would be no. Dude, she did a study and blamed it on illegal immigration. Excuse me, on climate change. And here she is now telling you what's happening in terms of sending these migrants, most of whom have fled great harm, sending them across the country. Wait, great harm? I was told they were fleeing climate change. What happened? Oh, the circus came to town. Getting a lot of use out of that horn today. But it's stupid, man. Do you get it? Because resources are overwhelmed. But they're overwhelmed. Why? Because the messaging battle was more important than the border battle. Guys, it's not racist to want to know who's coming across the border. In fact, it's safer for the people trying to come here if you force them to do it legally than it is if you let them subject themselves to a perilous journey where 30% of the women who cross this border illegally get sexually assaulted. Like, dude, who should be okay with that? Nobody. Okay, when you took a look at the fentanyl poisoning deaths plaguing the country right now, okay, this is going on because of our indifference to the southern border, because they're trying to frame this as an issue of discrimination instead of an issue of safety, okay? You don't secure the border because you're a racist, because the truth is there's people crossing the border from every country known to man. We've had 68 different countries cross our border including over 50 members, 50, of our terror watch list. This could be a problem. 50 people who aren't allowed to get on a plane because they're on a terror watch list walk right across the border. 
Those are the ones we know about, dude. Not good. Here's Mayor Adams telling you there's no more room. Mr. Sanctuary City Guy, clip 34. It's not going to get any better. Uh, From from this moment on, it's downhill. Uh, There is no more room. Okay, listen. I don't doubt he feels that way because where I'm in Midtown, okay, we're two blocks from the Roosevelt Hotel. Now, if you've listened to the show over the years, you know we used to tell you the, Ro- the Roosevelt was our mobile command center. Me and my buddy Dean Imperial, him and all his pals from Fordham, weirdos go to Fordham. But we would hang out at the Roosevelt from time to time because that was like the little bar not far from Fox where we'd hang out and chat and talk about things we were working on and showbiz and everything in between. And we can no longer get into the Roosevelt. We're not allowed in because they first closed it to the public during the pandemic. And it didn't reopen until a month ago when they made it a hotel for illegal migrants. What the hell is the world coming to? But if you go by it every night, it's sad. It's not something you take any pleasure in seeing. You feel bad. The Roosevelt Hotel is on Madison Avenue between 45th and 46th, okay, in that square block radius of Vanderbilt and Madison, okay? It's what was once a gorgeous hotel, a fabulous rooftop bar, you know. But it was just a cool slice of old New York. It's no different than the Roosevelt that's on Hollywood Boulevard in L.A., hotels that were opened 100 years ago that have a certain type of vibe, old school waiters with the short tuxedo jackets. And, you know, you hang out. It's good atmosphere. Well, now it's been completely overrun, and it's just like a holding cell. And I'm not talking about my superficial concerns with a building. I'm talking about the concern of people. If you walk around those those blocks, just these poor people are lying all over the streets. We don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the facilities. You see whole families sitting out there. There are literally videos circulating, if you've watched them on Fox, where there's a few thousand people just slumped on the sidewalks hanging out. When you drive by there at night, everybody's just hanging out because there's nowhere to go. Okay, but the truth is these people should be able to go to homes. These people should be able to go to jobs. These people should be functioning, contributing members of our society if we had only forced them to come here legally. But because we've incentivized illegal trips across the border, we've not only endangered them, but we're now straining our own domestic resources internally, and we're at a breaking point where we can no longer accommodate any of what's going on right now in these cities. Thanks, big government weenuses. And we did it all in the name of political posturing. That's why I'm telling you, dude, political opposition is supposed to come with a basic op- decency. Okay, if there's a policy in place that's good for the country, you're not supposed to demonize it just because. Okay, securing the border was something that both parties supported until they didn't. Why? Because they thought there were political points to score. Now we're sitting in a place where there's no points left to score and there's no room left to put people. Here's Eric Adams finally, finally admitting the obvious. Clip 35. Eventually, this was going to come to a neighborhood near you. Having someone embedded is a good start. That that came from the Secretary of Homeland Security. We want to thank him. But I've been very clear on what we need. We need to control the border. We need to call a state of emergency, and we need to properly fund this national crisis. I admire your honesty. Okay, because he's finally telling you the truth. But even Eric Adams was, you know, no person's illegal. How dare Ron DeSantis relocate migrants to Martha's Vineyard? Ron DeSantis was trying to bring attention to this problem. By putting people, 42 of them, on an air-conditioned bus and shipping them up to Martha's Vineyard where no human being is illegal, only to find out that all 42 of them wound up being illegal because the whole thing is a scam. But it's a scam that's straining our resources. It's obviously putting these people in great danger, okay, and it's 
taken cities like New York and San Francisco and just turned them into giant outdoor, you know, holding cells. And it's sad to watch, but it's a completely avoidable situation if we just had people in, you know, Washington, D.C. who actually gave a It's the number one show with humans and animals. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. There it is. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. I'm going to be your TV buddy tonight at 10 o'clock Eastern Time. Myself and Greg Gutfeld, our lovable comedy dwarf, getting the band back together 10 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Fox News channel. Uh, tomorrow I'm doing an outdoor Fox and Friends. And then you will see me on Hannity Thursday, the Ingram Angle Friday. And then Saturday, get this. Okay, if you are listening in the Northeast region on this show, okay, once a year, this is a homework assignment. You guys can call in on this later in the week. You can message me on the Fox Cross America Facebook app. I'm actually asking for your help. Uh, me and my buddy Dean Imperial, okay, you guys might have heard him on the show in the past. Dean happens to be a big happen in Hollywood writer who's on strike right now. But once a year, okay, we jump in my Bronco. And we just drive somewhere north, 300, 400 miles, doesn't matter. We're going on a bender, and we're going to eat seafood somewhere far away. Portland, Maine, it could be Cape Cod, whatever the hell you guys come up with. We don't care, okay? But the point is we need a recommendation for where to go get a lobster roll. This is a weird one, but it's what we'll be doing on Saturday. We will leave New York at 6 and hit every locale that actually makes its way onto the radar, courtesy of the Fox Across America listeners. Uh, If you're there, you'll meet us. We'll have lunch. It'll be funny. Who cares? But one way or the other, we're going on a bender, and we just need to be back in New York by Sunday. Okay, but for those intervening 24 hours, it's going to get all kinds of rowdy out there on the actual eastern seaboard, okay? As you know, I'm not supposed to eat a lot because I'm on TV now, but that's not my background. I swallowed a lot of aggression along with a lot of pizzas. <laughs> pizzas. But we will be, with any luck, with your suggestions, uh, we're going to eat some lobster rolls in the northeast this weekend. So if you're like a VMT listener and you got some, whatever you got, okay? Listen up in Norwich, Connecticut, wherever you are, okay? Get on the phone. Let us know if you have any intel, 888-788-9910, or message me on the Fox uh, Cross America Facebook page. I don't really have a preference here, but we're just trying to gather up some intel before we get ourselves into trouble. Emily Campagno is kind of the third base coach on this operation. She's going to be coming over Sunday uh, with Kennedy for this whole other get-together at my house. But we have to survive a bender with Dean first, and we can only do that with one of you guys operating as the flight deck. So if you get a chance, weigh in, because I got 24 hours before I get back in the makeup chair and start getting yelled at by the people who do my hair and makeup. You're killing yourself the way you eat. You're a fat Look at you. That was harsh. Uh, But we got 24 hours to not care what they say. We'll do more of it after this.
Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. The show that solves problems the old-fashioned way. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Back in action on a Tuesday. Emily Campagno's around the corner, but her opening act, Bill, on the line of Daytona Beach, Florida. Yo, Bill. Love listening to you. Oh, thanks, man. I've been to Maine a zillion times. Used to live up in Bangor years ago. Oh, hold Death on. Lobster now. is right when you get out of the airport, Portland Airport. You're heading north on 95. Mm-hmm. On the right, just a little lobster shack. Trying to think of the little town, but you can't miss it because it's right off the interstate. And it's right and off. And I swear of... to God, we, we, Go we always stop there every time we come to Maine. Get out! And it's right outside the Portland Airport. You say? Yeah, Portland Airport, heading north on 95. Wow. All right. I'm going to look it up. This matters. Um, I got to tell you, we do this like it's a weird thing. You know how they have like Amish kids are allowed off the farm when they turn 21 and they can get nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I So I get like a weekend a year at Fox where I can actually pretend I'm not on TV for a living and go bottom out. So I'll have like right. a sunglasses and a baseball hat on, but I'm going to eat my way up and down the coast like Pac-Man just chomping on the pills, you know. Uh, but this is good intel. I will put it into the docket. Um, this is all good stuff. Yeah, I think the little town is called Falmouth, F-A-L-M-O-U-T-H. Oh, okay, cool. uh, But it's right off the interstate, literally, and you can see the cars going right by, right by it. It is on the docket, Bill. I'll let you know if we make it, all right, brother? All right, man. Good stuff, man. Lobster rolls are cool up there. They're they're perfect. Oh, nice. Also, get them... Get them with butter, no, not mayonnaise. No, we're going to do it right, right? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, right. let's close a few arteries. What are we doing here? There we go. Good if stuff. If you're going to do it, do it right. Brilliant, Bill. We'll talk soon. Right, Be well. Have a great day. I love you. And you See too, you. my man. There he goes. Bill says we're going up to Falmouth, Maine. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. So. Stop it. The Amish kids are off the farm this weekend. It's going to get nuts. So we do this like once a year. Me and my buddy Dean, if I don't have stand-up or I'm not on TV – will just completely get off the grid. Like, I'll pick him up. He lives in Manhattan, tear the roof off my Bronco, and just gun it somewhere. We don't know where. 200, 300, 800. We don't know. It's a bender. That's the point. We just know I need to be on a TV Monday morning and presentable uh, in standard definition. Okay? You put me on in high def. It's standard def on Monday. I'll be passable. We just got to pull it back together after all the consumption uh, in that 48-hour window. But if you have a recommendation as the show barrels on, you can call in. What we're asking for is where Dean and I can go eat a lobster roll. I don't know the name of the venue, but this all started because we had a caller two weeks back who was talking to me about lobster rolls. And I started texting Dean that we have to go on one of our missions, but I don't remember the name of the place. So if you're listening and you have that intel and you want to refresh my memory, feel free because you're the reason we're getting in the car this Saturday and going on another one of our missions. One of my well-placed sources here at Fox is going to be giving me two when we get off the air today. 
uh, that happened to be in the town. Let me give you this. Hold on. Happened to be in the town of Narragansett, Rhode Island. That sounds like a win as well. We could talk about that. Uh, But right now we're still talking what I have to do this to you. There's a few clips I need to play from Kamala Harris. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Really funny stuff going on here. Okay, so Kamala is talking uh, to ABC. They brought up the fact, Lindsey Davis did, that she has some of the lowest reported approval numbers in the history of vice presidents. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Now, it's such a softball interview because Lindsey Davis then asks, do you think race and gender play a part in that? Which is basically just allowing her to cop out on the poor job she's done. Because this is the point you need to know. Okay, whenever somebody says, oh, Kamala's low approval ratings because those Republicans are a bunch of racist misogynists. Okay, maybe that's the point. That's what you want us to believe. But Kamala Harris ran for president as a Democrat. And at the time she was forced out of the race, she was polling behind ISIS. Okay, she was at 1% in the polls in her home state of California. So if her low approval numbers are because Republicans are a bunch of racist misogynists, what are the Democrats who had her polling at 1%? I think he's got a point. Okay, and the point is she's just not particularly good at her job. Doesn't mean I hate her. Doesn't mean it's her race or her gender. Okay, she's in charge of the southern border. She's the border czar at a time when we've broken a record in the 247-year history of the country for people crossing the border illegally. Is there any race or gender we would accept that type of performance from and still hold the person in high regard? The answer would be no. No. No one's mad at Kamala because she's a woman. They're mad at her because she sucks at the gig. But here she is with a straight face telling Lindsey Davis there are actually polls out there that say she has great approval ratings. Where are those polls? Uh, Clip 21. There are reports that say that you have the lowest approval rating of any vice president. I'm curious how much of a role, if any, that you feel race and gender play in that. Well, there are polls that also say I have great approval ratings. I think the point that has to be made (laughs) is that... There are attempts to create distractions away from the accomplishments of our administration. There are polls that say I have great approval ratings. Not even close! Notice she didn't actually mention what these polls were. It wasn't like, well, if you look at the USA Today, you know, Siena... You know, Quinnipiac, it's a hard word to text somebody. What with the autocorrect and stuff? It'll be like, did you mean Dairy Queen? (laughs) Did you mean playing with the Queen of Hearts, the 80s pop classic? You can't type the word Quinnipiac into a phone, but stick with me because there are great polls. Those Quinnipiac polls showing that I, Kamala Harris, have great approval ratings. That was embarrassing. Because she's not telling the truth. Put up! Or shut up. No, she said, we're trying to create distractions away from the accomplishments of our administration. It's really embarrassing stuff. You know, real leadership, this goes for any politician listening. I know a lot of D.C. people listen to the show. It's my favorite thing. Whenever I go to a D.C. cocktail party, they're like, yeah, we listen to your show, man. We always listen in the congressman's office. And I'm like, that can't be good. <laughs> like Nobody running the country should be listening to me. Okay, I'm a 45-year-old man who plays video games. If I am in charge of the country, if leaders are taking direction from me, uh, we're in a really bad situation. He knows what he's talking about. (laughs) Not good. But anyway, if you are listening, this goes for people in both parties. Okay, real 
leadership, real leadership, is about taking ownership of the results that you've delivered or failed to deliver for your people. We will have so much more faith in your leadership, in your integrity, in your credibility if you own the things you get wrong. Because real leadership doesn't come from saying, hey, guys, I'm perfect. It comes from saying, hey, guys, we're all in this together. I, as a leader, I'm not here to read the room. I am here to lead the room, and I'm going to take you in the best direction possible. When that doesn't work, you say, hey, guys, based on the calculus and the intel we had at the time and what we thought was going to be the right move, it didn't work out, but this is unacceptable. We have fired the advisors who misled us, and we're going to do better next time. And people would go, huh, wow, all right, wow, it's refreshing. But instead, they do the opposite. Nobody owns their behavior. Like Afghanistan's a good example. Okay, Afghanistan, if you understand, was the end of a 20-year war. We went there in a post-9-11 world to make sure that it didn't become a breeding ground for terror groups. Okay, when we invaded the group we kicked out of power, the Taliban, which was denying women the right to vote, drive, show their faces in public, go to a library. Okay, that same group, when we left 20 years later, was back in charge of the government, but this time they were sitting on $85 billion worth of our weapons. Biden is such a disaster. But understand, rather than saying, hey, well, the calculus was wrong, we decided to take the troops out ahead of the civilians, which they actually did. We withdrew the guys with the guns ahead of the guys with the iPhones. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But after it went sideways, they didn't actually say, you know, bad advice from our generals. We fired them bad intel from our advisors. No, they went on TV and told us with a straight face that this was the most successful airlift in American history. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. No, no, it was a good thing. It was a good thing that we went to Afghanistan for 20 years, left $85 billion worth of weapons in the hands of the same terror group we went there to overthrow. No, that was actually a good thing. That was the goal. We were really just going there for the Instagram selfies. Guys like photos in the desert. It looks good. You got the camo. You got the tanks. These are nice shots. That's why we went. We didn't actually go to overthrow a terrorist group that was running the government. No, not at all. I don't know why anybody would say that. That's what they actually did. They tried to tell you with a straight face. It was a success, and it undermined their leadership. But in the process, it also emboldened our enemies on the world stage. Do you think there's a world where China is encircling Taiwan if we were holding up our promise to the to the country, to the world of peace through strength, do you think there's any world where that's going on? The answer would be no. Russia doesn't invade Ukraine if they think we're actually, you know, engaged in real Teddy Roosevelt gunboat diplomacy of speak softly and carry a big stick. No, we now have babble incoherently and carry a big note card every time you get in front of a microphone. You know, the rapidly rising... Uh, um uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, Not good. But you understand, when people see the calculus in traditional politicians, they can sense the weakness in their ways. For whatever you think of Trump, I don't care. It's not my job to get him elected. Okay, but understand, people respected his commitment to peace through strength. And that commitment was demonstrated by telling our NATO allies they had to pay their fair share for defense, that they couldn't expect him to protect them from Russia if they were going to turn around and buy oil off of Russia at the same time, thus making 
Vladimir Putin a more potent force, a more well-financed force. You can't say, hey, can you protect me from this bad guy that I'm giving all my money to? Do you get that that's kind of stupid? But when you take stuff like that off the table, it demonstrates to the rest of the world that you're a serious player. Okay, when Joe Biden actually presides over the biggest foreign policy disaster in the last 50 years and then tells the world that it was a success, do you understand that foreign leaders are not making their assessment based on what they're hearing from CNN? CNN is the worst. Okay, but you understand those foreign leaders are now emboldened. They go, oh, I get it. So this was a disaster. Um, Twelve service members were killed. They left $85 billion behind. But the guy's more concerned with himself than he is with leveling with his people. Oh, this is good to know because now we can go do other stuff like China just hacked our military with a malware that's infiltrating the military's ability to communicate in the field. Why do they go do that? Because they don't respect what's going on in the White House. Why do they encircle Taiwan? Why does Russia roll into Ukraine? OK, they don't care that we're financing all of this, sending all this money over to Ukraine. Is it stopping Russia? We were told yeah, no, that's it. It's up now. They're, they're there. OK. And they're making more money off of fuel because we relinquished our energy independence. We're no longer a net exporter of energy. And all of this is going on because of the clowns in the White House. Biden sucks. But you understand when Kamala Harris says, wow, now there's polls out there that say I'm doing good. That's actually clown stuff. That's not the truth. There's no polls that say she's doing good. She's doing anywhere, not nowhere. Okay, not in the video game poll position. Nowhere. There's not not nothing. Okay, not the pole vault on the old Nintendo classic track and field. It's not happening. Not at the North Pole, not at the South Pole. Not if you stuck your tongue to a flagpole like in the movie Christmas Story. Is Kamala Harris doing well anywhere? Doesn't mean I hate her. Doesn't mean I wish her ill will. I actually met her husband. I told you it in D.C. at a cocktail party, Doug Emhoff. I talked to him and crazy Amy Klobuchar. And they were both nice. They were sweet people. I mean, he said, help me a lot. He was like, get me out of here. (laughs) He's like, you got to do something. But the point is, if Kamala Harris wants to be the president, and the truth is she's next in line. Okay, you need to take ownership of your performance. You know, the old adage in sports from Bill Parcells that you are what your record says you are. You can tell the reporters, wow, we look good in practice all week. We were playing real sharp, but we lost the game. So you're a losing team. Okay, just the same as if, you know, you had a rough week of practice, the game didn't go particularly well, but you won. Be happy. You won. You're a winning team. You are what your record says you are. Okay? Kamala Harris's record says she's the least popular vice president in the history of the country. Okay, less so than even Mike Pence. And understand, we were told this far into the Trump administration, we were still being told that Donald Trump was a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. Like a conspiracy out of an Austin Powers movie where Dr. Evil had seized control of our government. You shut your mouth, you bastard. That being said, they were still both polling higher than Biden and Kamala. This is not the end result of bias or misogyny or ageism in Biden's case. The only thing anyone in America is against is sucking. Okay, and in this instance, you can't look around this White House and not see people who suck. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. Call in now. We're excited to hear from you. Who the is this? This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Today, of course, the Major League trade deadline. A lot of people wish they could trade our president and vice president. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. Here's one of them, Kamala Harris, uh, saying that young people are having climate anxiety. Here it is, clip 13. The government. 30, Nick. Sorry about that, buddy. Here it comes, guys. A little some technical things. Clip 30, if you have it there, buddy. I've been traveling the country meeting with our young leaders who in particular are talking to me about the climate crisis. They turned me on to a term I had not heard before. I said, tell me how you all are thinking about the climate crisis. And they shared with me a term, climate anxiety. They're concerned about their future in, in almost a doomsday fear about what might be within a couple of decades of now. They are concerned about whether they should have children, whether they should own, even try to buy a home, because what does the future hold? You don't have a clue. I don't doubt, though, to be clear, that there are some people out there that are scared about the climate. Okay? Scientists actually have a word for them. Uh, they're called idiots. Listen to me. Does anybody listening? You can call in. This is not a show where I have to be correct. I'm just a talk show host. I could be wrong right on the air. Oh, I was wrong. That was good. We all grew as a people today. Okay, does anyone out there have proof to you, okay, that you should be worried about the climate? The answer would be no. The only thing we have is people getting rich from saying so. Money, 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 money. Oh, they're making so much money. But again, we're told it's a climate emergency. Folks, if you're in an emergency, you don't kick the can down the road. If the house is on fire... You don't get around to calling the fire department. The house is on fire. You pick up the phone and you call. But in this instance, everybody who tells you we got to reduce our emissions, it's a climate emergency. It's an emergency. They're all flying around in private jets, something that have 24 times the emissions of a commercial flight. Does anyone concerned with a climate emergency make the problem worse? Again, if your house is on fire, there's an emergency. You don't hand out matches in gasoline, you understand? Bingo, man, bingo. But that's what they're doing. And they've terrified people by telling, oh, the world's going to end. I'm telling you, it's going to end. It's going to end. I'm telling you, the world's going to end. It's bad. It's going to end. We're going to freeze. All right, we didn't freeze. We're going to melt. All right, we didn't melt. All right, well, the climate's changing. So if you can give us a couple of bucks, because we're all going to die is what's happening. Pay up, suckers. But that's what they're doing. They're scaring people, and then they're passing around the collection plate. Please give us money. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Back in action. Got a big hour coming up on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Final hour of the day. And then we head over to radio. I'll be on Gutfeld tonight with Greg Gutfeld. Classing up that joint, highest rated show in late night. It's actually the only show in late night right now because everybody's still engaged in a Hollywood writer strike. But nobody cares. Nobody's watching the other late night shows because they know if you want real comedy nowadays, you head out to St. Mary's, Ohio, to the 4th Congressional District of Ohio, uh, where the real action is. Joining us now is a man who might know a thing or two about that, a superstar congressman himself, Jim Jordan. Hey, man. Jimmy, how was it? I, I was bummed. I couldn't. It was my mom and dad's 60th. I was bummed. I 
couldn't hang out with you. How'd it go, brother? Yeah, dude, it was epic, man. They were like the rowdiest crowd ever. The problem with, <laughs> as you know, the, for real, I was, Jim, I was on stage for an hour and 48 minutes. Like, it's a what? long show. I mean, sang the hits. We did a rowdy Q&A, a lot of questions. Oh. Yeah, we ran into summer. Oh, I learned a lot. Oh, it was I'd great. Have been laughing. I'd have been crying. I know because you made me. Oh, I laugh every time I talk. Yeah. I would have been crying. That's awesome. No, it was great. We even met some of Russell's friends, but um, I couldn't. I couldn't hear them because their ankle bracelets were going off from the state. So it's, it's hard to have a conversation when that thing's buzzing as loud as it is because we're within five hundred feet of a school. You know. <laughs> Next, next time we got to zone it better if the Russell crowd's going to come through. But, yeah, it was great, man. And you want to know something? I tell you this a lot. The thing I love about your district really quick is they're happy people. These are happy people. They, of course. They love the country. They love the beer. Do you know, by the way, the show started 20 minutes late because the beer line was that long? I'm not even kidding. <laughs> See, well, that's Western Ohio. Good, yep. A lot of good good folks. Yep. They uh, a lot of beer drinking, big families, good good people, yes. pro life, pro mm-hmm. family. They're just great people. Yes, home runs. They really are. They were fabulous. It was like one of the best. It was uh, really one of the funniest shows I'll get to do all year. Uh, they were they were great, and it was it was they got their money's worth. I don't want to hear a word. Yeah, your man Doug Spencer, of course. But you you, you tell your man Spencer, I did an hour and fifty minutes. You know how long I normally do on the road, dude? I do forty five minutes, take a few selfies, and hit the bar. I did an hour and forty eight. It's like a hostage situation. But it was a good hostage. It was a good hostage. Yeah, that's awesome. That yeah, is awesome. They man. were great. Well, if we go back, uh, I can't promise you I will. I've already fired my agent, but uh, we'll yeah. see. I'm kidding. But if I ever get a new one who makes the same mistake, I'm kidding. It was great. We had the best time. We even went, you know where we went, by the way, the documentary that you are a part of yeah. about the moon landing. Yeah. We, yeah. Filmed the fin- we filmed the finale at the Neil Armstrong Museum uh, right oh, there in Wapakoneta. Yes. And yeah. that, that comes out next Monday, August 7th. Uh, and oh, you, you, cool. I saw an advanced cut. You actually come off really well. They didn't put any of my craziness in there. <laughs> you, you say that like you're surprised, Jimmy. Well, listen, man, we did a, we did some interesting things. Do you know I had a guy on who was like, um, he's in hiding because the government's out to get him because he knows the truth about the moon landing. The point is, what? yeah, there's some <laughs> wacky people out there, but I made sure I put some distance between you and that. You know, I gotta, I gotta yeah, protect the brand. You. You know, thank you. Thank well, you. Well, when are you going to testify? Are you going to be the next witness at the UFO, the next UFO here? Are you going to be part Yo, of that? All right. Listen here, Mr. Funny. OK, because I did drive a taxi in New York City, so I know people from other planets. <laughs> do, 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 so I told Burchett, I told Burchett, Tim Burchett, my colleague, yep. I said, I, I literally, you know, I'm just being a total, total uh, joking around with him. I'm like. When is Sasquatch coming in? When is Bigfoot? What what is what is next? When are, I, I said I want I want the Bigfoot who does the jerky commercials or the Sasquatch. I want yes. that one to come in and testify next. No, it's it's and of course they said, mm-hmm. some people believe it. I just like I don't I don't think so. You know I you know what I think it is? I think it's probably military technology from somebody that nobody knows anything about and people think it's UFOs because they've never seen it before. Now I don't know if that's yeah. the answer, but uh if, if it was aliens, this is the thing, okay? Just we're just joking now, but we're being hypothetical. Okay? I have a hard time believing that they can fly all the way here from other galaxies, but they don't know how to land. Because I keep being told we have all of these discovered aircraft. I'm like, but you mean to tell me you can get here from another galaxy, but you haven't figured out landing yet? That seems weird. Yeah, yeah, that does. That I does. Know. I don't. And why? Someone said, like, you know, the 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 camera technology is like just like the the curve is off the charts and advances in mm-hmm. in in pictures, and yet we still see these little like this little blip. That that's all the better it's gotten, and yeah. we can't get some. I'd like a. 
there's drones flying around taking all kinds of pictures. We can't see anything better than that. So yep. I, I have point. my doubts. I good, do. Good point. We're talking to Jim Jordan. Uh, let me ask, what, what is harder to believe, okay, that UFOs are here or that Joe Biden spoke to Hunter's <laughs> partners 20 times and never brought up business? <laughs> Never brought up business. But, of course, he didn't have to. This is, you know, hey, guys, say hello to the vice president. He's got his business people there. Five days later, five days later, he goes to Ukraine and gives a speech about the problem. Now, good. Mm-hmm. Devin Archer didn't say they, talk, they talked to Joe Biden. He said they talked to D.C. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he talked to Joe Biden or not. But they yep. talked to D.C. They're at this meeting. The, the top people, Burisma, uh, Zolachevsky, Pazarsky, Hunter Biden, Devin Archer, they're there. They said, we need help from the U.S. government because we're under so much pressure Five days later, Joe Biden goes to Ukraine, gives a speech criticizing the prosecutor who's applying the pressure to Burisma. But, oh, no, nothing, nothing untoward happened. Come on. (laughs) Well, that's the part that's so crazy is that the bigger story for me here, okay, because I don't doubt this was carefully done. And obviously, there's no market for Hunter Biden to be getting paid from these companies unless they believe they're getting something in return from someone besides Hunter Biden. But getting past whether we're physically holding a briefcase full of money and a video of them exchanging it, what we do know is the president lied. He lied when he said the laptop was fake. He lied when he said he never talked to his kid about his business. And at the very least, he lied when he said he never talked to his business partners. So what are the odds that he lied about the first three, but he's telling the truth about the act of not getting money? What are the odds? Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. And 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 you're like, oh, I never spend any time. He was at two dinners, two dinners with business partners and people they're doing business with whatever the business was, mm-hmm. he's at one of those dinners where it's Elena Baterina, the, the, the Russian oligarch, the, the wealthiest woman in Russia, Ooh. worth over a billion dollars. He didn't just stop by. He just didn't call in. He spent the entire dinner there with Hunter Biden, Devin Archer, and other people who they were doing business with. So, yeah, again, the this, this story from the Bidens keeps changing. Nice. The story from the Garland Justice Department keeps changing. But you know whose story hasn't changed? Mm-hmm. The two whistleblowers who came forward a couple of weeks ago, their story, their testimony has been consistent. It's been validated by an FBI agent. I think I'll believe those guys over the Justice Department and the White House. Absolutely. We're talking to Jim Jordan for the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. Um, yeah, their testimony was actually pretty compelling, by the way, especially sure when, you, when you're dealing with guys that are on the elite team when it comes to international tax evasion, and they're yeah. explaining the lengths that the government went to to deny them access to a full-scope investigation. I think it's everything you need to know. And then when you look at the plea deal, man, when have you ever heard of a plea deal uh, to two crimes that somehow shields you from additional crimes not articulated in the plea deal. Isn't that weird? Yeah, they had like a handshake and a wink, and they wanted to keep it from the judge, so they wrote it in such a way as they put it in the diversion agreement, not in the plea agreement itself. And I think that plea agreement is further confirmation, as you say, Jimmy, further confirmation to the validity of the whistleblower's testimony. So we got an FBI agent who's validated much of what they've said. Mm-hmm. We now have this plea deal where the judge says, wait a minute, what's going on here? That validates what they said. And the testimony we got from Devin Archer yesterday, so much of it was about Burisma. Why were the 2014-2015 tax years left out of the out of the uh, deal, the, the charging of, of Hunter Biden? Because those were the Burisma years, for goodness sake. So everything sort of validates what those whistleblowers came forward and said how this investigation was handled. And I think, again, just raises more concern 
in the American people's mind. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I'm 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 fascinated because obviously politics has become such a team sport, especially in the media, that their takeaway yesterday was, well, we've officially reached the nothing to see here point. Because we both know when you're not involved with something, okay, you call into it 20 different times just so everybody knows how uninvolved you happen to be. (laughs) But even on a basic level, getting past the substance of any of this testimony, as parents, do you believe there's any father on earth that doesn't discuss his son's business with him? Like if my son is going to the store, I ask him why he's going to the store. Is anyone going to a dinner party and the people are like, hey, what's your kid doing for a living? And you're like, oh, that's funny you ask. We have no idea. Have you ever heard that <laughs> no of course not so it's just cool. not normal um yeah i talk with our boys all the time what they're yeah. what they're doing and our son-in-laws and everything else but like come on give me give me of course that happened yep. this is this whole thing is like defies common sense defies logic defies reason and again that's why i think the, the american people see it and then when they see the justice department that behaved the way they did mm-hmm. they say wait a minute this is just more of this unequal application of the law which is you know, like we talk about all the time, is not supposed to happen in our country. No, it is a racket, man, and that's the problem. I mean, when you hear things like, oh, Trump's getting indicted and his poll numbers are going up, it's not because Trump supporters are crazy. It's because they have no faith in the DOJ anymore. They can't. Like, the an indictment would have carried a lot more weight five years ago or ten years ago, but this currently looks like a kangaroo court, don't you think? Yeah, and it's this, I think it's this bigger concept of this is, the, the, the DOJ going after President Trump, and, and every time it happens, his numbers go up. He's, what, 54-17? Yep. He's winning the primary. He's beating Joe Biden in the general now. Yep. Um, it's like they see President Trump and his willingness to fight for America, what America is about, just fundamental common sense, basic values, basic principles. I know we talked several months mm-hmm. ago when, when Sarah Huckabee Sanders said the divide in America, when she did the response yep. to the State of the Union, the divide in America today is normal versus crazy. They see President Trump as standing up for those just common sense things that make our country special, and he's taken all the abuse. So every time they come after him again, he just keeps getting stronger, and you're seeing that every day. And some of the answers people give in these polls about how he's a fighter and everything else, that, 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 that so explains, the, the, I think, this phenomenon that's, that, that you're seeing with – with President Trump and, and his poll numbers. Yeah, I mean, they themselves have destroyed faith in a lot of institutions. It wasn't Trump. It wasn't his surrogates. It was the things we've now seen the DOJ do, the underhanded tactics that have you know, not only targeted Trump, but have targeted private citizens. Man, it's crazy. Uh, one yeah. last thing. I know you're super-duper busy, but somehow your Reds are still in first place, man. Is that something? Could you imagine? Is that something? That's yeah, I've not I've not watched much this year, but I I, I this De La Cruz guy like what? The, he's yeah, like, he's he's crazy. Bill Hemmer walks around America's newsroom with face paint on. He's one of those guys. <laughs> he's like he's got the he's, got he's the, a big guy too. He's like six what six three six four like playing. Yep. You know, stealing and bases, fast. hitting the ball. No, no, this is. Votto uh, hit one out of the park the other day, though, too, right? Yes. Votto did, right? To win the game for him? Yeah, he hit a bomb. No, the Reds have won seven out of the last 10. They beat up the Dodgers and their crazy big payroll and all those maniacs out in L.A. No, it's good. Listen, I'm excited for your team. It's a good good time to be in the fourth congressional district. Joe Burrows got hurt in practice. You saw that the calf thing. They were playing that over and over. I was in the workout room. I saw it on ESPN. like. He went down and just grabbed him. I think it was the right calf. Yeah. So that's not a good sign. Cool yeah. Joe Cool. No one, no one Burrow, though, he'll have a diamond leg brace on. 
24 carat <laughs> splint. He's with gonna the, with the fur coat that he walks to yeah. the stadium in. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the problem. Tell him to stop walking around in high end designer shoes, and he won't hurt his calves all the time. Get out, get out there to the fashion runway and save your Bengals before it's too late. All right, man. Uh, so I, I don't know. Are you are you? Jets or Giants, who's your team? So I would root for the Giants, but the truth is I grew up in one of those houses where we root for whoever covers the spread. Uh, the, the, the first, my, my first jersey when I was seven, my dad bought me a plus ten and a half jersey. You know, total, totally different relationship to sports. But it's going to be an interesting season because we got Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. That'll make them relevant. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm, ex- I'm excited for football, even the Buckeyes, all of it. I'm, I'm, I can't wait, man. Can't get here fast enough because my Yankees, by yeah. the way, it's the Yankees are in a bad spot. They actually lost the father-son game last Tuesday. It's not looking good, man. <laughs> it's, it's not looking good. good. Lost the father-son game. <laughs> man, remember that at the end of the Little League season, you'd mm-hmm. have the father-son game. Yep. And the picnic and all the mm-hmm. food and the fried chicken and all the good stuff and the games. Yep. Those are good times. Oh. I remember that as a kid growing up. That was all fun. No, it was a, it was epic. And give yourself credit for being one of the people who remember it because a lot of the dads <laughs> don't wind up remembering it. Uh, they just, uh, <laughs> wow, it wasn't just Coca Cola in those coolers. I figured that out all these years later. <laughs> good times, man. Keep playing good ball. I'll talk to you soon, Jim. Uh, You're the best. All right. Thanks, Jimmy. Take care. See you, brother. The great Jim Jordan from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. Uh, I posted a a big thank you to his district who showed up to the Grand Opera House in St. Mary's the other night. But if any of you are listening, you should hear me say it again. What a just a truly unforgettable night that was. You know, so much of Jenny's family and friends there and faculty from St. Mary's High School and a couple of you Wapak maniacs in the house as well. But it was so good and rowdy. And we went to the tap house afterwards, and that was just completely out of control. And, uh, I'll, you know, you do so many shows on the road, and there's thousands of people, not according to Lucy. There's like three of you. But you do these shows, these crowds, it's cool, these meet and greets. It's very rare when you're actually doing one that really could just be taking place in somebody's living room because you actually know everybody there. So it was weird. I walked on stage. It was almost like... I thought it was an intervention. I'm like, this isn't good. I know everybody here. Uh, but everybody rose to the occasion, of, including, of course, the headliner at the show. So I'll take a bow, too, and we'll come back after this. The show that's not afraid to tell you the truth. Not only are you not a very nice person, you're also a slob. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Shout out to Jim Jordan. He sat in on that testimony. Heard uh, the aftermath. We played this earlier. Dan Goldman, human shield for the Bidens. Goldman led the impeachment push against Trump in Ukraine for the Democrats uh, because Trump wanted to look into Biden, who is now heard on tape in this 2018 recording, bragging about getting a prosecutor fired. Here's that clip, clip five. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "Nah." I said, "I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said, call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here." And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, "I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money." Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> Got fired, and they put in place someone who was solid. At the time. Wow. He should be behind bars. It's not good, man. 
Uh, that's actually what they impeached Trump for, which threatening to withhold aid from Ukraine. That's Biden openly confessing to not confessing, bragging to withholding aid from Ukraine. So a little bit of a double standard there. But here is Dan Goldman. It's my favorite thing in the world, saying Biden talked to Hunter's business partners, but it was just pleasantries. Clip seven. It was clear that it was part of the daily conversations that Hunter Biden had with his father. Um, and it was and, and sounded like most of the time uh, now President Biden didn't even know who the people he was at dinner. He was just asked to say hello. The witness was very, very consistent that none of those conversations ever had to do with any business dealings or transactions. They were purely what he called casual conversations. Now, I don't doubt the idea that he gets on the phone and just says, like, hey, guys, it's like a proof of life video. It's just his careful way of establishing that, yes, I'm aware of this thing you guys are doing. Okay, they're professional politicians. They're shaking down foreign entities. I don't doubt that there's some effort being made to cover their ass. But what I do doubt is the reality that Biden was willing to get on 20 of these phone calls and had no idea what any of them were in regards to. I mean, come on. Who actually believes that? You must have got manure for your brains. Nobody does is the answer. We'll discuss it and so much more with the great Brian Brenberg, host of the Big Money Show on Fox Business. He cashes in his showbiz chips next, joins the fastest-growing radio show in the country. Well, enough about my weight, but Brenberg after this. It's the morning show that uh, overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Brian Brenberg. A uh, little bit late for today's hit. Uh, I don't even know that he's going to make it. Apparently there was a miscommunication between his EP uh, who believed or had told him he was not on today. Uh, that is a fact check false. Me and Brenberg left off last night with him wanting to come by and salute the late great Paul Rubens. He had messaged me last night because he listened to the show yesterday and he loves my man Mark Holton, who of course portrayed Francis in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And Teen Wolf and The Naked Gun. But we are Brenberg free at the moment, which means you're going to have to deal with me. And I am not happy. I'm getting ready to do Gutfeld tonight, 10 o'clock. So it's this the back end of this hour is usually when I get into combat mode. Because, you know, like Greg is, a, you know, he's a comedy tyrant. He's always like when he tosses to me, he's like, Jimmy, you're a jerk. What do you think? You know what I'm saying? We always we have like that little rivalry going on. You know what I'm saying? And he's very jealous of my wardrobe because it doesn't come in kid sizes. So I'm kind of getting into that mindset now. So you're going to get the war paint Jimmy Fallon for the remainder of this hour. Uh, And one of the things we're going to discuss. I'm not you know, it's a funny thing, but with what's going on in our politics right now. okay, I'm always coming at it from a human angle, human angle, not a political angle because I'm not an activist. Just like my angle is like, hey, how does this affect all of us? So if you noticed, okay, one of the things I rail about a lot is the scourge of fake racism. I don't actually believe racism is gone. I just believe the Democrats are lying to you when they try to tell you where this white supremacist hellhole. Okay, especially when you consider that all the people telling you that happen to be elected representatives of our government. 
Like Kamala Harris, if we are white supremacists, we're not electing her. You know, Cori Bush, you know, we're not electing you. That's the point. But they even trotted out Barack Obama with a straight face to slander Tim Scott. Okay, that was embarrassing. Of course it was. And why did they do that? Because no one wants to have a conversation about the progress we've made in society because people make their living running on grievance. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. That's one way of putting it. You know, Tim Scott has his famous way of putting it. The left weaponizes race whenever they're losing an argument. And it's definitely true. But you understand, the reason that bothers me is I know a lot of people see through it, but there's a lot of people who don't. And it's having such a toxic effect on society because we're living in these two different Americas where a lot of people, you know, are walking down the street under the guise that like what Kamala Harris said is that, you know, Florida's new curriculum glorifies slavery. Or you got that wacko bird on MSNBC uh, Ruth Benjiat uh, actually claimed with a straight face that the GOP is criminalizing black people. That's an actual thing she said. Would you shut up? Listen to this. I have proof. Let me play this for you. It's clip 27. Creating an educational and emotional environment so whites feel that they're uh, under attack all the time and criminalizing black people uh, and, and non-whites in general, non-Christian whites, uh, is part of this game uh, to keep people in a state of tension. And, you know, the Prager curriculum that Ron DeSantis is adopting, which is not accredited, by the way, it's a, it's a propaganda outfit. And all of these GOP um, you know, education measures, they want, they say they all have the same language, that they want to remove emotional distress, like sources, things that make people feel, white people feel guilty. And, and so they can feel like, you know, victims. And so Trump... Uh, playing on white victimhood, this has been one of his strongest cards. I mean, you're the lowest form of life on earth. They're playing on white victimhood in the GOP. Like, that's crazy talk. Like, it's bananas. There's no one actually doing that. There's no one actually invoking race in the Republican Party. Like, nobody. We don't do it. We don't care. We're, we're an integrated society. Like, for real, though, like I, I'm you know, telling you because I care. If, if you don't think, like, we're past the point of integration. I understand Ivy League schools are now having segregated graduations again, which is absurd on its face. Okay, but understand, racism is a byproduct of ignorance, and it existed for decades and centuries because people ignorant towards cultures they don't know or understand fear them or hate them. That is a reality. Okay, but in this day and age, we are as integrated as we're ever going to be. Okay, in the workplace, in pop culture, in our politics, in our entertainment, anywhere you look, professional sports, but most of all, the military. Do you know the military is the most diverse organization in this country and has been for as long as you and I have been alive? If you join the military, you are serving alongside of people from every walk of life in this country, every ethnic background. Okay, every persuasion, every ideological thought pattern you can name serves in the United States military. People like Johnny Joey Jones will come on the show and tell you, yeah, I served alongside of guys from every single corner of America. And that's always been the case. And there's no room for racial discrimination in the military. Why? Because it's war. You're never going to hear somebody say, cover me, I'm going in, except you people. But everybody else, cover me, I'm going in. That's not going on. Okay, we're a country 
that has done more to level the playing field than any other country on the planet. Yes, we were founded in a time of institutional racism, but we actually fought a war where a half a million people died to make the scourge of slavery go away. Okay, but the fact remains, okay, we're not what we're getting the bill for being. Okay, that's the problem in this moment. And the reason you have to call it out is because when you create these two different Americas, when you create these two different mindsets, okay, you foster a division that's left us in this place where everybody wants to kill each other. Okay, why? Because they're living in two separate realities. When you're right, you're right, and you're right. So all I'm ever trying to do here is correct the record when clips like that jump out at me, because you understand, okay, in the year 2023, no one hates you because you're race. No one hates you because of who you want to sleep with. No one hates you because of what you identify as, okay? Unless you're one of those people who has conversations on speakerphone in public, in which case everyone hates you but not because of your race, or your beliefs, or your identity, but because you, my friend, are an That's all it is. We're back after this. It's the fastest part of your workday. Wow, you're pretty quick for a big guy. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a show that welcomes people from all over the country, all types of backgrounds, activities, ways of life. We have congressmen, TV stars. Some of the guests just show up from the gym and, uh, you know, dismount the pull-up bar and stop by to chat. Uh, Joining us now, co-host of the Big Money Show on Fox Business, a man who may or may not have been doing pull-ups five minutes ago. Either that or he's just crazy underdressed for the booking. <laughs> Brian Brenberg is back I, on the show. I thought it was circuit training, and this was part of the circuit here. Yeah. We're not going to do, like, uh, yo, yo. sit-ups up here? This show is like circus training. <laughs> yeah. It's circus training. You stick your head in the lion's mouth. Stuff like that's going to go on. Uh, good to see you. Is the gym crowded this time of day? It's great. Okay. No, I got to tell you, it's great. We have a great gym here at Fox. So yes. This is what happened. I joined this gym. And now I feel like there's a comic, Michelle Balin, who has a great joke. She's like, yeah, you know, my gym called me up the other day. They're like, yeah, we want to renew your membership. And I was like, that sounds great. Where are you located? <laughs> you know, I have not been there. Like, I get my lifts in at home, but I have not been there because my TV schedule after radio no. got crazy. It used to be crazier before radio. Now it's crazier after radio. And I, I haven't been there lately. But is it still like this time of day is a sweet spot? You got to right? get. Yeah. I mean, if you could get in there right after this show, uh-huh. you could take the place over. Stop you could us. wear that. You could wear the cutoff ACDC shirt if you want to. <laughs> you know, whatever you however you do the gym, you could do it. The short shorts was funny. We were talking about. Um, it was funny. I was talking before to publishing people about the book I'm writing. And one of the things I suggested, because we're t- one of the log lines in the title is about, you know, a helpful guide to ending the war on fun because I'm writing about, you know, things in pop culture anyway. And it was like, obviously, we don't want to articulate war because that's delicate and we don't want to be besmirching these institutions. I'm like, so why don't we cartoonishly depict me, like put me in like military garb, but I'm in like short shorts, right? like camo short shorts with white boots or something like that. And the woman like was frank and you never get this in corporate America. She's like, we're trying to sell books. No. (laughs) And but she wasn't saying it to be funny the way we would. She was just like, no. And I, I appreciated the frank nature of, no, like, a New Yorker. She told you straight up. Because you don't get that not anymore. not a good idea. What are you, nuts? I, you know, I, I was thinking, like, 80s football coach shorts. You remember those? Yeah, yeah. The bike? Do you know that this is in play right now? Not on the book, but I volunteered. I want to coach Lincoln's flag team this year and do it retro. 
You got to wear the shorts. You want bike shorts? You want high socks? You got to go high striped socks, spot built shoes. <laughs> polo shirt? Sh- and then you got to get a polo shirt uh-huh. and whistle. It has to happen. And you got to talk about fellas in the classroom this year. Mm-hmm. We're going to sit in the front row uh-huh. and we're going to treat the ladies well. Right? <laughs> I'm class Dress lady. like you want to be somebody someday. Mm-hmm. Watch your language. You got to yeah. have the whole speech ready for, for, for flag football. For, for play football. For if you're going to be the coach and the coach is short, you got to do it all the way. No, I'm going to say, well, you know, we're building a culture here. This one year that I'm coaching <laughs> flag football. Guys, we're building you a culture here. You lives in a year. You know, you have no idea. You're damn right I could. That's going to happen. Brian Bremberg is here. He's, he's trying to take my flag football career to the next level. I'm just doing what I can for a guy who just got out of the gym. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, the reason you wanted to come on today uh, is because you and I happen to be devout fans, uh, lovers, uh, uh, people who appreciate the great Pee Wee Herman, the late great yeah. Paul Rubens, of course, leaving us yesterday at the age of 70. How hard did you laugh as a kid when you watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure? I mean, it, you can't even describe it. It's, it's just amazing. And here's one of the reasons I did is mm-hmm. because my dad found the movie so funny. Oh, and he's like the kind of guy, you know, there's people where if they laugh at something, yeah. you will die because yeah, yeah. it's just there's something about their laugh. And he found that movie so funny. And uh-huh. I, I, it was one of my earliest movie memories watching with him, and he's just dying. Was, I guess he was a Letterman fan, and, yeah, and yeah. Paul Rubens went on Letterman mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and and there's so many – we use them on the show all the time, but yeah. there's so many great – not just lines from the movie, but it's because they're great scenes from the movie. You remember the scene. Yeah. You can see the scene, and so you remember the – like the interaction – I mean, you, uh-huh. you had Francis on the show yesterday, Francis yeah. and Pee Wee encountering each other. <laughs> and Francis <laughs> saying, you know, I want your bike. My dad says yeah. I can have anything I want. Uh-huh. Good for you and your dad. And there's a whole thing that ensues, and I feel like I could do that from memory because <laughs> the scene – I mean, those guys just nailed that scene. I know you are, but what am yep. I? Infinity. Infinity. <laughs> <laughs> Make monkeys. I just train them. <laughs> he goes. The Buxtons are not thieves, Pee Wee. <laughs> Francis's dad, and he gives him the gum, spearmint, yes. or fruit. <laughs> ah! And I love Dottie, but like every one of the, I can I can tell you, like in my house, like with my cousin Cindy and my family, and even here at Fox, like you never were more than like three sentences away from it being invoked. Yes. You know, it yes. would be funny. Like I can remember when I first started here. I was in a, a pretty substantial meeting, like when my radio show was about to launch, and somebody was on the news. Uh, it was Trump, uh, and it was in the throes of the Mueller probe. Uh, we were watching someone on a competing network talk about like how they were going to arrest them, they were going to do this, and somebody, somebody here, an executive, really funny, just like, I say we hang them, <laughs> and then we drown them. <laughs> And then we kill him. You know that scene in the biker bar? I say we let him go. No! <laughs> and then the girl comes in. I say, yeah, let me have him. Foist. <laughs> and it's, like, so good. And you can always, like, slide that into a conversation. Yes. Do you know how many times, like, you've said to somebody since the year 1985, you don't want to get mixed up with a guy like me? I'm a loner. I'm a rebel. Loner, Daddy, I'm a rebel. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. And it, this is actually even funnier. We were... Um, Somewhere recently where I hosted Fox News Saturday night. Oh, I was out on a boat with my mom and her man, Dave. And she's like, yeah, you're going to watch the show tonight? And I'm like, I don't have to watch it. I lived it. <laughs> just like he says to Dottie at the end of the movie at the drive-thru. It's so good. I just watched a scene last night where they cast 
Pee Wee in the movie about himself yeah, as yeah. the bellhop. Oh my god! And, and like it's Excuse so me, Mr. great, Herman. <laughs> Mr. Herman, because the whole scene he keeps looking at the cam. You know, yeah, he's yeah. like looking at the camera like five <laughs> times in that scene. I, I, I mean, it, my my mother in law. There's only one movie I've ever heard her quote. My mother in law, only really? one movie. That's funny, and it's Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That is so funny. That is crazy. Brian Bremberg's in studio. We're celebrating the late great Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman. Uh, the greatest movie of my childhood, uh, and it's still to this day, I don't know what, be, what would be ahead of it, but it is absolutely in my top three in my Mount Rushmore films. We talk about it so much when I worked on Kennedy, like you can't imagine, yeah. all the time. You know the great scene when he's riding with the convict, and uh, he's like, the law, the law. And Mickey the convict goes, the law. And they see, like, he's an escaped convict. They're pulling up to a police blockade. <laughs> And Pee Wee jumps out dressed as a woman and yes. starts flirting with the cop. <laughs> Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. And she's flirting with the cop. And it's a great scene because when it's over, they're driving away. And if you remember, the convict, like, gives him this great look where he, like, he clearly appreciates. He's, like, kind of attracted yeah. to him. <laughs> it's so great. And it's, like, such a good American road trip. It is. But the joy of it, whether he's in the dinosaur with Simone. What's your big butt, Simone? (laughs) He's got a big butt. Yeah. Let's talk about your big (laughs) butt. Pete's out there listening to him, and that's when he busts in. Oh, swinging a dinosaur bone at him. Andy. That's for Andy. Andy, Andy. When she goes, Andy. And she goes, Andy. And Pee Wee goes, Andy. Andy. (laughs) And then he chases him. And then he winds up on a train with the hobo oh, and Jimmy Crackcorn and I don't care. <laughs> it's just such a great movie, guys. If you didn't get Pee Wee's Big Adventure, you have to go back, watch it a second time. It's just debauchery. That's the whole point of the movie. It is. It's, I've, I've never seen a film give less of a you-know-what from the minute it opens. He's dreaming about winning the Tour <laughs> right. de France. And then, of course, his breakfast is made with that contraption he's rigged together. And it's just great. And uh, I think there's such a value. I said this at the end of yesterday's show in like you get these moments in life. Mine when I was young, especially like being around comedy where you have isolated bliss, like you are laughing so hard and you're just so in touch with that moment of joy. And it's the only reason to be alive in the end. Mm. That's why I tell people stop fighting. Who cares? Don't do politics this contentious way. You don't get anything out of it. No, you got to go be peewee. Where everyone can show up at the drive-in. I'm, I'm at the laughing. End. I'm like crying, laughing right now, talking about. Oh, it's so funny. But you know his and his show. His show's underrated though, yeah. too, uh-huh. right? I mean, you talk about like kids' entertainment in the '80s, like mostly uh-huh. about selling plastic toys. Yeah, that show was legitimately, genuinely creative and had amazing talent as do, a part of it. You want to laugh too, okay? Because I said that yesterday. He had this outrageous children's show, and I got a bunch of messages being like, "No, we used to watch it in our frat house. Like college <laughs> yeah. kids love Pee Wee's Big Adventure." <laughs> And the secret, I mean, uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse and the secret word and everything like that and talking furniture. And no, it was the greatest. Like Paul Rubens is an absolute icon. And any of those movies, those are like, because you got to understand the other reason we love him so much is America was peaking right there. (laughs) <laughs> Mid- but, but it was. Reagan was president. We were probably peaking because, like, social media and the cell phone hadn't ch- changed the calculus. Uh-huh. Like, we were still getting up in the morning trying to have fun. Now there's a percentage of society that gets out of bed and being like, what am I going to get mad at right, today? Right. What a dumb way to live. It is. It is so stupid. Come on. This guy got his bike stolen, was misled by a psychic, and journeyed all the way to the Alamo. <laughs> To find it in a basement that didn't even exist. You know what the thing about it is? We we are living in a world dominated by Madame Rubies. Yes. There's a lot of Madame Rubies. Looking around and like, 
Oh, uh-huh. that, that's going to be my truth today. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> the basement of the Alamo. Thank you. Brian Brenberg gets it, and you all should as well. Uh, R.I.P. to the late great Paul Rubens. Uh, I'll be doing some semblance of comedy tonight with our lovable late-night dwarf Greg Gutfeld in the 10 p.m. hour. Mm. Only calling him that because Brenberg told me to. Uh, <laughs> but watch Brenberg every day on the Big Money Show right on the Fox Business Network. And watch your radio buddy tonight at 10 p.m. Until then, you can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. You can't just make up lies about people. No, ma'am. Don't be a... Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.